Welcome to the Conscious Women Entrepreneurs Podcast. This show offers wisdom, inspiration, and tips on how women entrepreneurs build their businesses and how they incorporate mindfulness and spiritual practices to become successful. I'm your host, Martina Thomason, a certified entrepreneur coach. I specialize in helping women entrepreneurs overcome limiting beliefs to get more clients and grow their income. Now, let's jump into today's episode. I hope you'll enjoy it. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Conscious Women Entrepreneurs podcast. Today, I'll talk about a much sought after topic that pretty much everyone that I've coached has experienced imposter syndrome. I'll talk about what it really is, how it's holding you back from growing your business and how to overcome it. So I first want to quickly share with you all that as I'm recording this podcast episode, I'm at a place up in northern Norway called Senja with some friends and we've climbed mountains and skied down and gone out on a boat. Some did some fishing and everything is within this amazing scenery. And if you haven't heard about the place, I encourage you to look it up. It's literally steep mountains everywhere that go straight into the um, ocean. So as you probably hear from my voice, I'm very excited. And it's a bit scary too, though, as we have to be really careful with avalanches. One of the girls actually got caught by an avalanche earlier today, but luckily it was only a small one and she got away with it just with a bit of a scare. So now let's get back to this week's topic, the imposter syndrome. So if you have thoughts like, who am I to do or say this? I'm not good enough. I don't have enough knowledge, experience or know-how to be in this position. This other person is so much more deserving of this opportunity than me etc. If you feel unworthy, insecure and feel like a fraud, no matter how amazing people around you tell you that you are, you think that what you've accomplished is just a fluke or a strike of luck. If you have any of these thoughts or feelings, you probably have what's called imposter syndrome. I want to emphasize before I really get into this that this is not a real syndrome. It's not a psychological condition that you can look up in the register of psychological illness or whatever they call it. (laughs) So if you struggle with imposter syndrome, it's nothing wrong with you. You only have a human brain. In fact, according to the International Journal of behavioral science, as much as 70% of us suffer from imposter syndrome. Harvard Business Review's article on imposter syndrome claims that the quote-unquote condition can be defined as a collection of feelings of inadequacy that persists despite evident success. Imposters suffers from chronic self-doubt and a sense of intellectual fraudulence that overrides any feeling of success or external proof of their competence. Megan Dallacamina of Psychology Today also defines imposter syndrome as a psychological term referring to a pattern of behavior where people doubt their accomplishments and have a persistent, often internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. Furthermore, she points out that the term was coined by clinical psychologist Pauline Clance and Suzanne Imez in 1978 when they found that despite having adequate external evidence of accomplishments, people with imposter syndrome remain convinced that they don't deserve the success that they have. So how is imposter syndrome keeping you from growing your business? 
Perpetually thinking that you're not good enough and feeling like you're not as good as you should be definitely has an effect on your business. When we think negative thoughts, there is a chain reaction happening and your beliefs will always end up to be the results that you're creating. So let's say you're a holistic wellness practitioner. Your thoughts might be that there are so many people out there doing what you do and that you don't have good enough expertise to really help people. You might also think that you're not good enough with social media to be able to grow your business through, for example, Instagram. This might cause you to feel insecure, hesitant and unworthy. And as a consequence, you spend your time consuming other holistic wellness practitioners content, procrastinate, keep taking courses and learning without really implementing. Focus on less important parts of your business. Don't create your own content or market your business. The result is that you don't help people and you don't grow, grow your practice. But you know, like, what's the antidote to imposter syndrome? What's the opposite? I actually like to look up the definition of concepts that I talk about. So an imposter, according to the Oxford Dictionary, is a person who pretends to be someone else in order to deceive others. So what is the opposite of being an imposter? I didn't really find a proper answer, but I would argue that being legitimate, authentic or original could be considered antonyms or the opposite of imposter. I'm focusing on imposter syndrome in relation to conscious women entrepreneurs who work within the field of self-development or wellness here. So let's run with the word original for now. In this industry, there are so many people offering similar services and talking about the same things. So it's not surprising that a lot of us start comparing ourselves to those that seem more established in this space. For this reason, I first want you to consider that there are not actually a lot of new or original thought generated these days. In the self-development space, people that we somewhat consider to be pretty much gurus are actually restating age-old philosophies and theories. The people in the ancient past had the same human brain and the same set of emotions that we experience today. The old texts from great philosophers or old spiritual leaders are the same insights that are largely spoken about today. So what I'm trying to say is that you might look at your peers thinking that they are absolutely brilliant and that you could never be as good as them. But what they're saying is very rarely groundbreaking. They could be sharing new research, but that research is most likely accessible through publicly available journals. They've just taken the time to read it and sharing it. In marketing, there is also a concept that I want to mention that says a confused mind doesn't buy. Therefore, um, it's been said that the offer isn't actually great unless a five-year-old can understand it. So in other words, less is more. And talking about concepts in your own simple terms might actually work a hundred times better than trying to be or sound like someone else. So keep in mind that when you listen to those you consider to be expert, remind yourself that restating that what you've learned in simpler terms may be more easily digestible to those you speak to. You might also think that others just are better than you in general, but if that's the case, define better. Better is always relative. We often glorify skills that others have, but we don't, but totally tend to neglect our own strengths, skills, and experience. That's often all it is. Others might just have 
different skill sets. Our brain so often wants to map out all the things we don't have as opposed to the things that we do have related to any given situation. So in terms of growing a business, we tend to have a goal and then look at the, all the things that we need to learn before we can take action from it. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't learn new things, but we so often get trapped in the hamster wheel of perpetually trying to learn something new, but we don't really implement it and it doesn't really take us further towards the goal that we have. So instead, what's a more abundant way to approach this is to first map out all the things that you do know and all the reasons why you have what it takes, even if it includes getting help from people around you that could assist you in the things that you don't master, such as social media. We tend to normalize our skills and knowledge, thinking that everyone knows this stuff, but we fail to recognize the countless hours that we've dedicated to our craft. The time you've spent honing your craft, other people have spent time on other things, which is why they hire us to help them. Just by having the education or taking the certificate that you have, you're already way ahead of those people who haven't. And you can always be better. You learn and gain experience all throughout life. So imagine if only 100-year-olds with PhDs were allowed to talk about any topic because they got the most extensive experience and the longest academic background in it. I really like to stretch the concepts by giving these kinds of analogies because it becomes so apparent that we see that it doesn't really make rational sense and almost becomes humorous. I quickly also want to mention something about sharing concepts that others have already spoken about. In comedy, they say that it's all about the delivery of the message, the energy behind the words, the body language, the subtle cues are what in comedy makes a normal sentence into a hilarious joke. In the same way, you know, listening to a, the guru of all gurus, the experts of all experts in their field may make things click for listeners. However, when a quote-unquote normal person says the same exact things in their own words, you might understand the message on a whole new level. That person has first heard or read about the concept, then interpreted it in their own way. When this person talks about the exact same concept, they've also run it through their filters of the way they experience this reality. The message that they then shares contains the same old truths, but it's packaged in a new way that might help someone to relate it to their own life in a way that works better for them. Just think about it, like if a girl your age with similar backgrounds to you shares a concept and how she integrated it into her life, you're most likely to be able to internalize and utilize it in a better way than hearing about it from an old Indian bloke who live in the Himalayan mountains and whose life is completely opposite to yours. I want to bring in a side note. You might argue that you got an insight while meditating or an intuitive hunch and therefore considered the concept to be novel. And while you might have realized a whole new concept that so far has been unknown to humanity, chances are high that there has actually been someone out there who has already thought, spoken or written about that exact same thing, but in their own words. Having imposter syndrome is largely a matter of confidence, having confidence in yourself and that you deserve the success that you have or are working towards. 
feeling confident is just that, a feeling. And that feeling is generated by thoughts that we have relative to any given circumstance. Therefore, our job is to find thoughts that supports us in being confident. What are the reasons why you are qualified to share content? What are all the ways that your background specifically, your current knowledge and your personality traits are helpful to your present or future clients? Make a list. You'll be surprised. Don't quote me on this as I haven't really validated it, but it seems like women in general are less confident than men, especially when it comes to business. And this is probably due to cultural and social conditioning, but you know, it doesn't have to be that way. And we do have the power to change it. Having said that, our society is in many ways built up cultivating poor self-confidence in consumers because it sells. Look at this gorgeous model. You should buy this makeup to look more like her. Look at this successful person. Buy this car to feel a sense of status and success too. Look at that amazing physique on that athlete. You should buy this protein powder to look more like him, etc. <laughs> We're conditioned to strive for external solutions to something that are fundamentally internal matters. We all need to start somewhere. You know, it's human to strive for something bigger, better, greater. But, but we need to make sure that, you know, we don't use that quest for improvement against ourselves. It's okay to have an ideal that we want to work towards, but don't shame yourself for not being there yet or feeling like you'll never be good enough. In a marketing seminar that I went to for businesses that wanted to become more sustainable and ride the wave of the green shift, there were several experts in their field speaking. And one of the major takeaways that really stood out to me was an idea that is pretty well known in marketing, but I had never thought about it in that way before. So in marketing, we speak about having a brand story or a journey, if you will. Brands want to create a feeling or a sense of following them on a journey. And that makes sense. For the longest time, storytelling has been one of the things that captivates us the most. You know, way back to the cavemen or the stone age, when <laughs> people sat around the fire telling stories. And just look at your own life. You probably love movies or spend countless hours watching series. You're getting to know the characters through their struggles, their wins, their flaws and their strengths. And because of this, you feel like you kind of know them or have some sort of connection to them. So coming back to what I was saying about the seminar, what they found to be the most effective in marketing a sustainable shift for the business was to take the audience on a journey with them through social media, you know, and their website, sharing what they were currently doing well, what areas they needed to improve, what their plans are and what steps they're currently considering to implement. All of that attracted attention from the audience. Their authenticity around not yet being where they want to be created trust and consistently sharing steps that they were taking to improve created engagement and support because the audience felt like they were part of their journey of becoming better. This also applies to entrepreneurs and building their businesses 
we don't need to have it all figured out. By sharing our journey, letting our followers know what we're working on and celebrating when we reach goals or help others reach their goals, we take them on a journey that sparks curiosity and engagement. And one of my mentors always says that by living in the breakthrough, like constantly having breakthroughs in your own life, through your own mindset and sharing from that space not only gives you lots to create content around but also puts you in a position where you feel comfortable about sharing from your process. People get inspired when you're inspired and they like to see how what you're doing might apply to their life and how their life can become better. When I wrote my master thesis in digital marketing, my focus was on finding out what factors made people follow influences in the field of sustainability. What I found through my research was that some of the most valued factors were that people was relatable, authentic, and that they shared quality content. We make up all these excuses why we're not good enough or sit in shame feeling fraudulent for sharing our version of the information. But I want to remind you, like you don't have to have a PhD in environmental science to talk about sustainability. Just look at Greta Thunberg or Greta Thunberg. <laughs> she was only 13 years old when she started taking action and speaking up about the environmental crisis she's got Asperger's syndrome and hadn't even started high school. I mean, <laughs> look at her go. Now she speaks to the global leaders of the United Nations and encourage them to take immediate action. And they're actually listening. The reason why I'm spending some time to really go into this is that I want to really emphasize a really simple mindset shift. You don't have to be the best person in the whole world to talk about something and for people to benefit from it. You just have to contribute to the conversation with your take on the topic at hand. Another way to overcome or work through imposter syndrome is to focus on them, not you. So when you're caught up in feeling like an imposter, this really simple and effective shift of changing your focus away from yourself and onto your clients is so profound. Do you think Mother Teresa was caught up in thinking, who am I to travel across the world and teaching poor children to read and write in a time where the majority of women were stay-at-home housewives? No! <laughs> Her focus was obviously on how she could help. This again is to put it on the edge, but I want you to see the parallel here. What makes the whole difference is our perspective about the situation and our perspective is built up by thoughts and feelings around the circumstance. As I was saying, imposter syndrome is largely about confidence relative to the situation at hand. And what we tend to do is to try to change the circumstance rather than our thoughts. As I touched on earlier, we tell ourselves that we need to learn more, that we need more experience, that we need more certifications, etc. So it becomes this endless chase. You tell yourself that once I get certified in this, I'll feel better. When you don't feel less of an imposter after getting the certification, you'll tell yourself that once I take this course, I'll have what it takes to level up my business. But you finish your course and have learned a bunch of new things, but you still feel like you're fraud, not good enough at what you do. And again, you search outside of yourself for things that you can do or learn to feel better about yourself. You see how this shit fight just keeps going? 
Hell, I'm sure even Einstein doubted himself. <laughs> so, and the funny part is that, you know, those people who seem to be self-proclaimed world champions in any given thing, that those people that are know-it-alls who radiate excessive amounts of confidence are often those people who don't have the greatest education, who don't spend years and years on honing their skills and reading up on things. You know the types I'm referring to, right? Isn't it ironic that those people have such level of confidence, whereas the ones that keep on learning doubts themselves? I think that there's like a concept saying, the more I learn, the more I understand how little I know. And I think that's right for imposter syndrome as well. Like we always chase the information, but the more we know, the more we really realize that we, <laughs> we could learn so much more. I also want to mention Frank Abengel. Junior. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing his name right, but he was depicted in Steven Spielberg's movie Catch Me If You Can, which is based on the uh, a book that he wrote about himself. And he is referred to as one of the history's most famous conmen. He had begun to con people and pass bad checks when he was only 15 years old. And during his teens, he estimated that he flew more than a million miles deadheading while pretending to be a Pan-American World Airways pilot. He states that he also pretended to be a physician and attorney. <laughs> so crazy. The world conman is said to originate from an article in the New York Herald in 1849 with the headline reading, Arrest of the Confidence Man. And it makes sense. People with utmost confidence are convincing. In Frank's case, he impersonated being a pilot, a doctor and an attorney. He was a real imposter. <laughs> You're not. So... Don't make you not knowing certain things or having certain experience mean that you're not qualified to do a good job. As a friend Cecilia so brilliantly said, we can't know everything that there is to something. We have certain strengths that we bring to the table, including tools, experience, skills, know-how and personality traits, but we all have limitations. And that does not translate to us being fraudulent or not deserving of sitting at the table. In fact, admitting I don't actually know that, but I'll look into it. Makes you trustworthy and show that you're willing to figure things out. No matter how confident we are in our field, we're likely to experience imposter syndrome. Remember the statistics that I shared earlier? 70% of us experience it. I'm not really interested in celebrities. It's not something that I focus a lot on, but I'll use some examples for the sake of the argument that I'm making here. The general consensus is that we perceive famous movie stars or artists as highly successful individuals who has the talent, skills and experience to be where they are. However, as you'll hear, these people too have human brains with limiting beliefs around themselves. So here are four examples of celebrities talking about their imposter syndrome after they've made it big. Tom Hanks. No matter what we've done, there comes a point where you think, how did I get here? When are they going to discover that I am, in fact, a fraud and take everything away from me? Renee Selweger. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing her, <laughs> her name right either. But she says, 
you know, imposter syndrome, you're certain that this is the time you're going to be figured out. This is the time you're going to get fired for sure. They're going to know this time. Jennifer Lopez, I'm very insecure about my voice. Robert Patterson, in a lot of ways, I'm quite proud that I am still getting jobs. Because of falling into a job, you always feel like you're a fraud. You're going to get thrown at at any second. So it seems like most humans have this cognitive dissonance. We know that we have a lot to share about a certain topic or that we are somewhat skillful in what we're doing. We get the external validation that we're good at what we do, but yet we still have this constant doubt, that inner voice, that keep telling us that we're not good enough, that we're a fraud and that we are going to get caught. <laughs> so, there is no level of accomplishments that will put an end to those thoughts. There is nothing that you can do externally that will make this internal battle end. We have to change it from the inside out. As everything else in life, it starts with our mindset. You need to change your thoughts to change how you feel and in this case feeling like an imposter or a fraud. But how do we do that? There are several techniques that you can use but I really like one tool that I call thought bridging. So what we do is you grab a sheet of paper and you write down what your thoughts currently are at the bottom of the page. Then at the top write what you'd like to believe about the situation or the circumstance and in the middle, you write down something that you do believe right now that are in alignment with the most desired thoughts around the situation that you, you know, that you put on the top of the paper. So in this way, you bridge the gap between the thoughts that you have now, which are limiting you, and your desired thoughts that support you in reaching your goals. Changing a mindset isn't done overnight, but by becoming aware of what you truly think about something is a huge first step. This can in many ways be transformative in and of itself. But to really make a shift, you need to practice these new thoughts. Remember that you probably spent a lifetime doubting yourself and not feeling good enough. So starting to feel confident and that you deserve what it is that you want is a process. And there's nothing wrong with you if it takes a while. But this is one of the reasons why a lot of people are starting to realize how helpful it is to have a coach and how much faster these thought upgrades can happen by having someone who constantly challenges your thoughts, someone who every week brings you back on track with supportive thoughts. I really hope you got some good insights from this episode. And if you know someone who'd benefit from hearing this, Share it with them right now. Enjoy the rest of your day and make sure to tune in next week. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with anyone who would benefit from listening in. As always, please leave a review, five stars for good karma. And if you think we need more mindfulness and spirituality in business, if you're interested in coaching with me, head on over to my website and schedule a free discovery call. Finally, if you have any inquiries or you would like to interview me on your show, shoot me an email. Details are in the show notes over at my website, martinathompson.com. Have an amazing week. Cheers, guys.